3: The genius in you, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody is a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host. Sharon Lynn Wyatt, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you get to hear the fascinating ways that other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish because of it. At the end of each show, including tonight, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Now, all over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations, different areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset, especially when they use the gifts that are seen in their name when they're utilizing namology science. So how does someone express those creative talents? And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is James Twyman, who has developed his genius in the area of creating peaceful hearts. Now, James Twyman is also known as the peace troubadour. He's a New York Times bestselling author of 16 books, including The Moses Code and The Barn Dance. His first book, The Emissary of Light, Released in 1996, chronicled his journey into Bosnia and Croatia during the war to meet a group of mystics living in the Balkan Mountains with a message of peace for the world. I remember that time because I had already read his books, the ones that were out, and thought, oh, my gosh, is the man crazy or is he just brave? And I'll tell you, he did an incredible job. I have been following him ever since his first book came out. It is such a gift to have James Twyman with us tonight. Now, his latest book, Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, tells the story of Anna, a woman from Portland who travels to Italy to walk in the footsteps of St. Francis of Assisi, proving that you're never too old to heal your life. Now, just a little bit more about James, because he's recorded more than 18 music albums, including the Billboard chart, I Am Wishes Fulfilled, With Dr. Wayne Dreyer. He also has written, produced, or directed seven feature films, including the award-winning Redwood Highway, starring Shirley Knight and Tom Skerritt, and also Indigo, starring Neil Donald Walsh. Now, James Twyman's ministry as the Peace Troubadour inspired him to initiate dozens of synchronized global meditations with millions of people—I was one of those millions— focusing their energy and prayers on wars and conflicts around the world. This began in 1998 when Saddam Hussein invited him to Iraq to perform his peace concert at the same time that the U.S. and his allies were preparing for a military invasion. He's also been invited to such countries as Bosnia, Northern Ireland, South Africa, and Israel. Now, in Northern Ireland... James performed for the leaders of the two political parties in Belfast during peace negotiations in 1998. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show,
4: James. Oh, thank you so much. It is so great to be here. And when I hear that introduction and all of those things, it feels like you're talking about a different person.
3: (laughs) Oh, bless your heart. Bless your heart. James, first thing we always want to know is what happened in your background that led you to have the desire to become the fabulous peace troubadour that you are.
4: Oh goodness, it's so hard to say because there are so many things. You know, right now, this very moment, I'm looking at a picture uh, that I just brought back with me from Minneapolis, which is where my family's home is. And it's a picture of when I am. Oh, I'm not even one in this picture, and my brother is a year older than me, and my parents, and uh, and. This picture has been on the wall of our house my entire life, and now it's back here at my home in Mexico. And when you look at me in this picture, you see true exuberance, <laughs> <laughs> true excitement and childlike wonder. And my my brother Todd is, is much more stoic, much more serious. And, and those personality traits seem to have followed us through our our entire lives. My older brother is definitely more serious than me. And I have always had that exuberance and, and also the desire and the longing to manifest peace in my life and in the world. At first that showed up in, you know, being raised Catholic, I was having mystical experiences. And I thought that just meant I was supposed to be a priest. So right out of high school, I entered the Franciscan order. I was there for a couple of years, and though I left, Francis himself always stayed with me. And he really was my my great inspiration in being the peace troubadour. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll just tell the story of how that happened. Uh, it was, I'll back up to 1986, and this is not me, but this is an historic uh, gathering that Pope John Paul II called in Assisi the home of St. Francis. He called all the leaders of the 12 major religions of the world together, not to talk or discuss, but to simply pray the peace prayer from each of their tradition. It was the first time in history ever that this had happened. So it was a very big deal. And uh, a friend of mine on complete accident, his name is Louis Randa, he ended up being there for that gathering and brought the peace prayers back. And a few years later, a friend of mine gave me those prayers and I remember just looking at them and reading the first, which was the Hindu prayer of peace. And I just heard music and I picked up my guitar and played along. And within one hour, I had put all 12 of them to music. And then one after the other, the same thing until within one hour, all 12, all 12 of them were put to music in an hour and I knew this was a great gift and I knew it was something I wanted to share for the rest of my life. And I decided I wanted to be like St. Francis, a penniless troubadour, just traveling around sharing these beautiful prayers. And that's what led me to some of those adventures that you described of going to many of these other countries, especially in times of war or conflict, to share the concerts, to invite people all over the world to be focusing their prayers of peace at the same moment when I would be doing that. And have had so many great adventures. And then, of course, that led to all the books and the movies and the CDs. But now I find myself come full circle, and I'm back to wanting to be that simple expression of peace as St. Francis was 800 years ago. Uh, and we'll talk about the musical, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, it, in the next
3: it, section.: Yeah, yeah in it the it next all segment.
4: down to just wanting to, to simply be an, an instrument of peace as St. Francis was. And and I, as I said, in that picture that I'm looking at right now, when I was not even one, you could see that shining in my eyes even back then.
3: You know, the movie Brother, Son, Sister Moon started an awakening for so many baby boomers. Did that movie influence you, or were you already at that time already
4: connected with St. Francis? I was already connected with Francis, but it did have a big influence on me. Um, I actually saw it for the first time when I was in the order. Uh, I think maybe VHS tapes or beta tapes, maybe they were just starting to come out and we were able to get one. And I watched that movie and oh my gosh, it, it moved me so. And then, I'll tell you a, a story of when it really shifted. Um, a number of years later, I was married. I had my daughter. She was maybe one and a half at the time. And I had a job, you know, this is funny because it's not something I've talked, I've done so many interviews lately, I've never talked about this. I had a job selling craftmatic beds. Do you remember those commercials for the adjustable beds? (laughs) Someone, yeah, someone would call me. I laugh
3: because that dates us all.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it does. Well, I would be the one going out to your home and try and pressure sell you into buying a bed that you may or not have needed. And I, even though I was very good at it, I felt so, I felt like if this is what I'm here for, I don't understand because I knew that there was so much more. And, and so I was asked, I was in Chicago and I was asked to do a few appointments out in the St. Louis area. And there was a, a beautiful Catholic shrine out in near St. Louis called Our Lady of the Snow. So I asked my wife, Linda, if she wanted to come because I knew there was a hotel there. She, you know, She and Angela could stay there. I would go out and run these appointments. And the first night we got there, they had like a closed circuit TV station where they would play a video downstairs and it would show up on all the TVs in all the rooms. And that night they played Brother, Son, Sister Moon. And it, it, it really rocked my world because it reminded me of what I'm really here for. It reminded me that I wasn't here to sell craftmatic beds. And that was a huge turning point for me. When I saw that movie again, I was probably 25 at that time, and it, it set me back on the right course. And I'm so grateful that it did. But so that movie, yeah, uh, that movie had a huge impact on me. I, it's my favorite film. I've probably seen it at least 200 times.
3: I was going to say, I saw we did a thing at the church that I was attending at the time. We did these movie nights once a month, and that was a movie that we all chose. And I know that we all came out and it was that we always went to the ice cream parlor afterwards. And it was our quietest time afterwards because we were all in contemplation the whole time. Mm. And we need to take a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and XZone Broadcast Network. And on the website, knowthename.com, you can go to the schedule page, click on today's date, and the link is right there. Also, more about James Twyman is there on that page and how to get a hold of different things that he's involved in and how to reach him. So after the break... We're going to find out about James Twyman's upcoming play and also what he finds in St. Francis that he finds so very appealing. Stay tuned.
6: Yeah.
7: Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course.
6: We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com
5: Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at FindYourPathHome.com.
3: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net. And there's a link on knowthename.com on the schedule page. Our guest tonight is James Twyman, who is an expert musician, author, and peace troubadour. Now, his website is saintfrancismusical.com. Now, saint is abbreviated with an ST, so it's saintfrancismusical.com. That's where we want to direct you, because this is an incredible opportunity for those of you that are living in one of the many cities that we're going to be discussing, where you have an opportunity to see this remarkable play. Now, James, before I get started with more questions, because I have so many for you, this is the part of the show where we interpret a portion of our guest's name. Are you okay. ready? Oh,
4: I love. <laughs> I was hoping you would do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Your name indicates that, one, you're absolutely brilliant, but you didn't always trust it. You had to learn how to appreciate the intuition that came in with the brilliance and learn where to direct that brilliance. It also says that you have a tendency to be a workaholic, but at the end of the day, you make a great couch potato so that if somebody else could go to the bathroom for you, you'd let them because you didn't want to get up. (laughs) It says that you're very observant. You don't miss much, but you don't always share everything that you know and everything that you see and observe. It says you can understand things from other people's points of view, um, even when you disagree with them, that you're a lifelong learner, and that you will always go to the top of anything that you put your mind to. You'll always figure out how to get on top of it, that you want to make the world a better place, and that you consider everybody your brother or sister out of the whole humanity of man, and the last thing in here that I'm going to mention, because there's, I can talk two hours on a name is that it also indicates in your name that you have a really hard time doing things that you don't want to do. Yeah,
4: (laughs) Those things sound very accurate. They're spot on.
3: Okay. So what is it about St. Francis that you find so appealing? What is it that attracts you to him?
4: Well, gosh, I could talk all day about that. Um, Francis was a radical and it's the radicals that change the world. People who follow convention rarely have the impact that someone like Francis did. And, you know, here we are 800 years after he was on the earth, uh, a Catholic saint who is so universal, so beloved of, from near, oh, nearly every uh, spiritual path. People love St. Francis. Most people know him as what we call the saint of the Bath. We see, you know, statues of him and bird baths in almost every garden, almost everywhere you look. And most people stop there; they think he's the patron saint of ecology, which he is. That he's always surrounded by birds and animals, which he was. But Francis was so much more interesting than that. Let me just give you one example. I could talk forever, but uh, because this is the 800th anniversary of something that happened, uh, very important that changed my life. In fact, I mentioned the story earlier about Pope John Paul II bringing the leaders of the different religions to Assisi, and, and here's the reason he did that. Francis was the 1st interreligious peacemaker that we know of, and that comes from a story from the Crusades, because the Crusades were, were out of control during Francis's life, and the leader of the Muslim force, his name was the Sultan al-Kamil of Egypt, once said that he would give a Byzantine gold coin to any Muslim that brought him the head of a Christian. So that's how serious and dramatic it was. And when Francis heard this, he said, that's where I need to be, that's who I need to go visit. And of course, everyone told him, including the Pope, that you're crazy, you can't do that, you'll be captured and tortured and killed. But Francis was so dedicated, and this is what was so appealing to me, his dedication to peace was otherworldly. He said, "None of that matters. When when this man hears the true message of love, then he's going to change on his own. The war is going to end on its own." That was his idea. So Francis, along with his, from his friend and brother, uh, brother Illuminato. They traveled, and it took them three different attempts to reach the, the Crusades. Of course, they were captured and tortured and sentenced to die immediately, but there they were in prison just singing and dancing and celebrating to the point that the Sultan heard and decided to give him an audience to make sport of this crazy little Italian guy. And no one knows quite what happened, but we do know that the Sultan was so moved by Francis that he not only let him live, but let he and Brother Illuminato travel anywhere they wanted throughout the whole Muslim territory preaching the gospel. And that wow.
2: story,
4: yeah, it was a model for me when I would go to places like Iraq or many other places that you mentioned. It was always a model for me of, of what an interreligious peacemaker is. Uh, I had an experience not long ago where I was on a hill doing a concert overlooking a village held by ISIS in Syria. And it it gained me probably the best PR I ever received when Bill Maher, on his TV show, called me the idiot folk singer from Portland.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: that's actually a compliment, though.
4: (laughs) It was a huge compliment. I loved it. And and I was there with rabbis and priests and Christian ministers and imams and leaders from different religions. And there we stood looking into this village, making a stand for peace with perhaps millions of people who were focusing their prayers at that same time. And to me, this all goes back to that one story of Francis and the Sultan. So once again, it's his radical nature, his desire to, to do something that had never been done before. And one more thing I think speaks to that. When I was writing the musical uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, I, I was inspired by a quote that I had never heard before. And it came from a very unlikely source. Let's see if you can guess. I'll just tell you an abbreviated version of the quote and see if you can guess who said this. The quote is, the revolution we started failed. It created more atrocities than it solved. What we really needed were 10 St. Francis of Assisi's. Wow. Any idea? No,
3: uh -uh, but I love the quote. (laughs)
4: It's a good one. Uh, Obviously, a lot of people, they guess people from the 60s, like John Lennon or Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or maybe Gandhi. Well, the truth is, it was Vladimir Lenin, the architect of the Russian Revolution, said that. And here is a man who is an atheist. And he sees the power in the presence of someone like Francis of Assisi. And he knew that if, if if they had 10 of those in Russia, they wouldn't have needed a revolution. And I believe the same thing is true today. Uh, you know, he, the, the world seems to be spinning out of control, just like it did in the time of Francis. Things were crazy and polarized just as they are today. And then along comes this man who had everything. Francis was the rich kid in town. And then he was captured during a war with a neighboring town. And in prison, his heart opened up and he ended up leaving everything behind because he no longer could spend time with that which had no value and put all of his love and focus into that which did have value, which was peace and love. And he changed the world. In fact, Francis lived at the end of what we now call the Dark Ages. But he was one of the primary inspirations for the time that came after, which was the Renaissance. So I wonder today... What if we had 10 people who were as dedicated to peace as Francis was 800 years ago? Would that be the thing that puts us back on track? I think it might. And so when I decided to do this musical and travel across the country doing it, I I thought, I'll be number 10. Who are the other nine? if we had just 10 maybe that's going to be the momentum that we need to inspire others to give everything to be 100% dedicated and if that happened may, maybe that's maybe this will not be a a, a political solution. Maybe it won't be a a social solution or any of the things that we believe. Maybe it's something as simple as a small group of people being completely focused and dedicated and inspiring a new renaissance, just as it happened 800 years ago. So that was a very long answer to your question. But those are all the things that come into my mind when I think of why Francis inspires me so.
3: That is so cool. So before we get to the message of your play, I'd like to ask a question about what's happening behind the scenes, because on your website, James, you speak about performing the play, this play, uh, on the way to Off Broadway, and the entire time trusting in the goodness and the generosity of others to provide transportation, housing, and sustenance, in the same manner that Saint Francis did. So you are, in essence, going to be penniless as you travel. Have you done this previously, and how did that work for you?
4: No, I have not. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, do you have time. a backup
4: plan? <laughs> but I trust it completely. I, I have no doubt or worry at all that we're not going to be in all the cities that we need to be when we need to be them. Be there, because we'll be traveling across the U.S. My friend Bill Free and I, as you said, without any money, even not even having any idea of how we're getting from city to city, uh, on the way to Broadway, and. The reason we're doing that is because when I was invited to come and do this show in New York for two weeks, I, I knew I couldn't do a show like this and just be like an ordinary actor and have an apartment or a hotel and go to the theater. I had to do this as close to how Francis would have done it. And so that's when the idea came to travel, doing the, the musical in different churches and convents and monasteries and all across the country. And then when we get to New York, we're going to be doing something that no show has ever done. During the day, we're going to be on the streets, passing I want
3: you to hold that thought about how you're going to be passing okay. out. I think this is we'll such a cool story. <laughs> yes, yes because we need to take another break stay tuned to know the name know the genius in you which is being heard on xzbn.net and exxon broadcast network station and on the website there's a link at knowthename.com on the schedule page now this show is dedicated to looking at something that used to be considered normal like saint francis traveling without funds to how that can be accomplished today so stay tuned
1: Exon Radio TV For more information on the Exxon radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell visit www.exonradiotv.com or www.xzontvchannel.com, or simultv.com and xzbn.net.
3: I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is James Twyman, who can be reached via his website, SaintFrancisMusical.com. And again, Saint is abbreviated as ST, so it's SaintFrancisMusical.com. Okay, James, I, I know what's coming. At least I think I know what's coming, which is just, to me, is mind-blowing on what you're planning on doing, but please share it with everybody else.
4: Okay. well, we were just talking about traveling across the country uh, penniless without even any idea how we're getting from place to place. People have been asking a lot of questions. Well, how is that going to work? Are you walking? And I don't I don't think we're going to be doing much walking. People can give us rides. uh, We can hitchhike uh, and people can actually buy us. My friend Bill Free and I a bus ticket or a train ticket. The only rule I'm putting on is that we can't fly. And other than that, we we just can't do it ourselves. It has to be from the generosity of others. And when we get to New York, what we're going to be doing, something that no show has ever done, to my knowledge, and that is we're going to be on the streets every day passing out free tickets to the homeless, inviting them to come as our guests. So of this uh, uh, the the church and theater where we're going to be, which holds about 350 people, I'm thinking it's going to be half-filled by people who are who've maybe never been to a show like this, who have been living on the streets. And this is what Francis would do. He would invite the people who were marginalized. When, when he first went through his conversion and he stripped naked in front of the whole town and laid his clothes at his father's feet and walked out of Assisi, the first place he went was to live with the people that he and everyone else were so, uh, they, they were so afraid of, and that was the lepers. Well, the lepers in our society today are the homeless and the people on the streets, and that's who Francis would be with. So we're going to have a soup kitchen that they can come and enjoy a meal before the show, and then they can come and be with us and be present for the musical and hopefully be inspired. Uh, So as I said before, we want to do this in a very unique manner, as close to how Francis would have done it, and hopefully... You know, this is what's going to touch people and inspire them to believe that, as we said before, maybe there's hope. Maybe all of the polarization and all the, the hatred that's being shown around the world, not just in the U.S., but everywhere. Maybe it's really just the last effort of that shadow to control what it cannot control. And maybe a new renaissance is about to dawn because... The people like you and me who are dedicated to peace, we're empowered now. And we're going to step forward. We're going to be the radicals that change this world. I really believe that.
3: Well, I think it's people that lead the unconventional lives. That's what I call them. (laughs) You know, they're they're doing things to their own drummer and not someplace else. So I know that by now, all of my listeners are saying... How do we find out more? Where do we get this? So I want to share that Brother Sun, Sister Moon musical tour is going to arrive in Portland, Santa Barbara, Phoenix, Sedona, Arizona, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Kansas City, Kansas, uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. All are stops that are planned along the way toward the Broadway performance. Now, the Broadway performance is going to be from February 20th until March 1st of 2020. So so james how do people know where you're even coming near their area so that if they would want to participate and want to be generous to help you and the homeless enjoy a, a wonderful evening and the soup kitchen and everything how would they even know how to go about helping
4: well good question um you can go to that website that, that you mentioned which is st for st francis and there is a button there that says if you'd like to, to volunteer and help out, you can send us an email. We'll, we'd love to have you. Uh, and by the way, before I go much further, I, I want to add actually three new places to that list. One is Taos, New Mexico, right before Santa Fe. Uh, and, and I want to tell you about Peoria, Illinois, for a moment, because this is a fascinating story. Uh, I, when I was younger, we moved around a lot, my family. And we lived for a while in central Illinois, only for three years, though then went to Michigan and to the Minneapolis where we settled. Well, uh, I received a phone call about two weeks ago from the pastor of a Catholic church in Peoria, Illinois, Holy Family Church. And he told me that he had read the book Giovanni in the Commune of St. Francis, He noticed that I was doing this tour and going from St. Louis to Chicago and thought maybe I had time to stop in Peoria because they were celebrating the 40th anniversary of when the Franciscans took over that church. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but that is my former parish. That's where I went to grade school and was confirmed and was an altar boy, and now you're inviting me back, and you didn't even know that. Not only that, but uh, when I was a Franciscan, That's when they had that church, and I went and visited it once. And so there are so many miracles that are happening, and it just shows us that this is the time. This is just one simple, small vehicle of many others that is, I'm hoping, going to spark people and spark a fire. So you know, one of the ways that people can be involved, if they're anywhere near New York, we're going to invite people to actually be on stage with us if you want to be on stage during a, this musical, all you need to do is to go out and get yourself a brother, uh, a, a monk or a nun outfit, which you can get easily online, and you can be right there on stage. and uh, Or you can help serve food, or you can be on the streets passing out tickets. Uh, or, of course, if you're in one of the, the cities that we mentioned, we would love to have you. Just go to that website. Uh, or you can also go to jimmytwyman.com. Which is my main website, and you can get even more information there
3: i just, I just think it's remarkable that you're even you know starting this and and have all these plans and and it, literally walking on faith or walking yes. with faith i I mean that to me is just like how much clearer, louder, bolder can you say that this this world is still a generous place and people still have good hearts, and we really are all one if we could put aside our differences and just realize that those are preferences.
2: Yes. I agree. You know? <laughs>
3: so so you wrote all the songs and the dialogue in this play about brother son sister moon. So what inspired you to not give up is some could consider just that in itself a really daunting task.
2: Well,
4: I'll tell you first of all what what triggered the idea to to to, to do the musical. And it was Bruce Springsteen of all people. <laughs> Uh, Because Bruce, uh, he he was, I think, about a year ago doing a one-man musical on Broadway called Springsteen on Broadway. And they put it out on Netflix and I was watching it because I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And it was brilliant. It was just Bruce telling stories like no one else can. And then he would sing a song that we all know and love. And I was watching that thinking, St. Francis could do this. What if St. Francis came back in time and told the stories of his life and then sang songs about them. What would that be like? And that's why I wrote the musical just to test that out. Also because that that book Giovanni in the Communo of St Francis. First of all, I love this book. It's out of 16 books, it's got to be in my top 3 favorites. I'm just so happy with how it turned out because it, it gave me a very modern way to tell the story of St Francis. But it's a novel, so I didn't know how I would talk about it on a book tour. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do this musical and I'll just share the musical on the book tour. So that's what I've been doing. Oh, and I should mention also that on that site, stfrancismusical.com, uh, you can actually see the first 20 minutes of the musical there. I performed it recently in Assisi and it was shot uh, professionally. And we put 20 minutes just to give people an idea of what this feels like to have St. Francis tell his story. So I hope you can go there, stfrancismusical.com, and check it out and check and see if we're coming to your city. I,
3: I just think the whole thing's remarkable. And earlier you had said that you hope to be number 10, so that there's nine others. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Okay, I'm going to shout out to anybody that's listening that knows Bruce Springsteen. Wouldn't that be cool if he was one of the other nine?
2: Well,
4: if if Bruce wanted to be one of the other nine, I would gladly accept. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So, so James, I read your first book when I was in college, and i followed your missions and accomplishments ever since. So my question is, how do you keep a level head and not succumb to the ego, since you're so known and revered internationally?
4: Oh, well, first of all, I do. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Uh, I might be getting a little bit better at it, but, uh, you know, and I think the reason I'm saying that is to illustrate that. And this is something that I, I cover in the musical as well. Uh, Francis says that we we put people up on pedestals so quickly. And and he found that the, the closer he was to people, the more effective he was, the more he could move them. And that was very true of Francis. And I think it's true of me and many people today. Uh, I, I don't want to be put up on a pedestal. And the, certainly there were times in my life when that was a bit more tempting i wrote emissary of light when i think i was 32 and so here i was suddenly traveling around the world doing concerts in a in a best-selling book and all of these conferences you know so many wonderful things were happening and it was very easy to to feel self-important but i learned i believe pretty quickly that that's not what i really wanted what i really wanted was to stay with that original vision of when i read those peace prayers And the music came to me, and I was able to just put them all to music and share them around the world. So one of the things that I'm doing now, which helps keep me humble, is I live in uh, a town called Ajijic, Mexico, which is very near Guadalajara. And And we
3: want to hear about that town right after this break, because we need to take our last break. Stay Uh tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com, the schedule page. After the break, we'll find out what James Twyman has in his name that has assisted him that you just might have in your name as well. Stay tuned.
0: Get both the book and the DVD—a forty-dollar value for only nineteen dollars ninety-nine cents. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's l-a-m-a-r-z-u-l-l-i.net.
6: You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus five hundred video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more.
3: Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is James Twyman, whose website saintfrancismusical.com. Now, Saint is abbreviated as ST. So, again, it's saintfrancismusical.com. Now, James Twyman has taken his skills to a level where he's able to influence people to celebrate peace and to take actions in that direction. Now, James, right before our break, you were starting to tell us about how you stay humble and that you live in this town in Mexico. So please continue.
4: Okay. Well, I I left the U S about five years ago. I, I came to this small town called Ajijic, Mexico, near Guadalajara. Many people may have heard of it because it's the biggest expat community in the whole world for Americans and Canadians. So it's beautiful weather Really wonderful people. And before long, uh, we we grew a community called Namaste Lake Chapala. We have almost 40 houses now, or apartments, and we're always full. We have a huge group of people who come from the community or the people who live here. We get together every morning, and we sing and pray and celebrate. And it is just marvelous. And, and when you're around people like this every day... Uh, it, it's, well, they, they see who you really are and they challenge you. Living in community is very challenging. And it, it reminds me that we're all in this together. And if we're going to ascend to the next level, we're going to do it together. So, you know, the I, I believe humility is such an important part of this journey, certainly something that Francis embodied. Oh, and by the way, one of the people that is so often left out of this discussion that we really need to include a little bit. And that's Saint Clair. Saint Claire of Assisi was the feminine counterpart to Francis. She was of noble birth. She was the closest thing to royalty that she that we that they had in Assisi. And she was so inspired by Francis that she snuck away when she was still very young and and she became the first Franciscan sister. And The stories about Claire, oh, they're even more dramatic sometimes than the stories about Francis. She was so amazing. And so it was important to know that that, that there was a feminine presence in this whole story that was a huge part of Europe at that time. Popes and kings, they would come to her for advice and wisdom. And, And yet she was just as humble as Francis was. So you brought up humility, and I just want to you know, thank you for that, because it is such an important part of this to remember that we're in this together, and that it uh, doesn't matter if you're writing books or making movies or whatever it is you're doing, we all have a role to play. I don't think any of us are here by accident. We all have something to contribute to creating this new world where our dreams of peace are made manifest,
3: so I spent 40 years in education, James, and so I look at humility as still being teachable. And that's what I would always tell my students. You've got to still be willing to learn and to absorb as much as you can from everybody around you. Yes. And that's how you stay humble.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's this what life is all about, isn't it?
3: <laughs> it really oh, is.
4: You're learning, aren't we?
3: Um, So yeah, and that shows up in your name really clearly. So in your role as the peace troubadour, you have performed your peace concerts in such countries as Iraq and Bosnia and South Africa and Northern Ireland, and often while wars and conflicts were raging all around you. So in 1998, you were invited to perform in Baghdad by Saddam Hussein. And then just several years ago, you gave a peace concert on a hill overlooking a village in Syria held by ISIS. Anything you'd care to share about those experiences?
4: Well, primarily that, and I'm sure Francis found the same thing when he traveled into the Islamic territory to meet the sultan. If we're open and we're willing, we always meet ourselves. We always meet people who are longing for peace and who are beautiful. And I remember the first time I went to Iraq, I was there two or three times. And uh, the first time was in 1998, as you mentioned. And I thought, I wondered how they would respond to me. And, you know, being an American, coming there to do a peace concert of all things. And all I found were wonderful people who were as dedicated to peace as I was. And after I did this concert in their national theater, uh, they had a big party for us and, I think all we did for hours was sit around singing Simon and Garfunkel songs. And oh, I love those two. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all really the same. And the governments like to promote differences, but we're here to promote the unity that we share. And that's what Francis was all about. That's what this musical and the book Giovanni and the Commune of St. Francis are all about. And, and I think that that's a message that is gaining momentum and is going to take over this world.
3: You know, that's what I have found too. I have been very fortunate to be invited in so many countries, doing the name thing and and letting people know why they're here and what their purpose is. And I have found that that people are fabulous, and our governments just need to get on board and yeah. do what the people want instead of what they're wanting. Um, I'd like to ask, since we're talking about peace, and you address this on your website, um, the one that is Jimmy dot and so. I'd like to look at what are the secrets to being content and having a peaceful life? You know, what what would you want everybody to think about? They could do these few things just to start having more peace in their life.
4: Mm, Wow, that's such a good question. Well, the first thing that comes into my mind is to have some kind of creative extension where we're giving or being the source of that peace. For me, music is, is a primary one. Uh, I love to sing. You know, St. Augustine famously said, when we sing, we pray twice. And that has certainly been true in my life. That's why I love being the peace troubadour. Of all the things that I do, whether it be writing books or speaking or whatever, I love singing. I, and that's why I wanted to do this musical. And I'm, I'm having more fun doing this than anything I've ever done before. But people need to find their own creative Extension, because we need to give this away. You know, Mother Teresa wrote a prayer once based on the prayer of St. Francis. And I wish I'd thought I, I, I could have sung something, but time went by so quickly. But uh, Mother Teresa wrote a, a prayer uh, based on the prayer of St. Francis. It begins by saying, when I'm hungry, give me someone that I can feed. When I'm thirsty, give me someone that I can give a drink to. When I'm cold, give me someone to keep warm. On and on. And that really says what I think I'm trying to express. Whatever you think you need, be the source of that for another. And if you can do that one simple thing, just find ways that you can be in service. Find ways that you can give to others. That's what makes the difference. That's what promotes humility. And the joy that comes from that is beyond anything that that we're going to feel just by trying to get what we think we want. Think rather about giving what you think you want and see how the tables turn
3: you know that reminds me about in the classroom I used to always say with the kids um, because I was always gifted I asked for them with all the challenging kids okay that somebody else may not want and they may think oh it's a blessing I don't have them I thought I want that child and I used to think when they are the hardest to love it's when they need the most love and can I rise to the occasion yeah You know, it was always a question. So as we're winding down, please tell us one more time how people can find out about your upcoming show on St. Francis.
4: Well, uh, probably the easiest would be just to go to jimmytwyman.com. T-W-Y-M-A-N. And right there at the top, you'll see a link that takes you to the St. Francis musical page as well. Uh, but then you, you can also get onto our email list on the jimmytwyman.com page so that you can get the alerts. We're going to be sending out emails during the whole journey so you can track us and see where we are and we'll send little videos along. Of course, you can watch the first 20 minutes of the, vi- of the musical there that I recorded in Assisi, the home of St. Francis uh and and just be part of this once again check out the schedule if if we're coming to anywhere near you we would love to have you come to the show and pass the word and of course if you're in new york or anywhere near please come and see us there
3: you know we've got to get you down south after you've gone to new york you've got to come down south
4: (laughs) yes that's my next plan
3: okay good um let me know and i'll help advertise for you and get the word out So thank you so much, James, for being with us. Again, everybody, James Twyman's website is stfrancismusical.com, or you can go to his name, Jimmy Twyman. Twyman is spelled T-W-Y-M-A-N.com. Both of those websites, along with a lot of um, James Twyman's accomplishments and bio and everything, is on the website, knowthename.com. On the schedule page, all you have to do is click on today's date. So... James' name indicates that he includes everyone in his life, treating all as if they were brothers and sisters. Now, this is found in the letters that form the word man in his last name. So if any part of your name has the letter combinations of M-A-N, so it looks like man, then you, too, are constantly trying to get everybody together to realize that you're part of humankind, and this is all one family, one big family with diverse interests. So, do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on xzbn.net radio and Exxon Broadcast Network, and there is a link on KnowTheName.com schedule page. So, tune in to hear the fascinating ways that other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish And if you wish to learn how to read a person's name or to know more about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, come to the website, knowthename.com, and give yourself the gift of a name reading. It helps you to live to your best and highest when you can find out what your name says about you. Isn't it time you learn what your name says and how knowing that can give you a sense of freedom and inner peace? You can schedule an appointment with me, your host, by visiting knowthename.com. Remember, once you know the name, you know all about the person. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt signing off.